The date is August 18th, 1995, and we're watching Mortal Kombat! Yeah. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. I used to like this one, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. I am your host, Sean Wells, and with me is my co-host, Colin Stewart. And also today, we have a very special guest with us to discuss Mortal Kombat. Uh, I would like to introduce everyone to our guest, David Sun. David, hello, how are you today? I'm doing really well, thanks guys for having me. Yes, well, I'm, we're happy to have you because you've actually got a very unique uh, connection to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we have an expert on our <laughs> yes, hands. So. Uh, give, give us, uh, give us your rundown, uh, David. Why, why do we have you here? Yeah, so I've been playing Mortal Kombat since I was eight years old, um, <laughs> and I've played every single one of them as they have come out and have pretty much mastered them um, as best as you get, you can master like a fighting game, right? And it, um, and well, for Mortal Kombat X, I was ranked third in the world. Wow. For, <laughs> world. Yeah. On all the leaderboards on PS4 and Xbox One. So. Oh, amazing. Like, what, what, what number does the leaderboard max out at? As far as, like, what, you... what was number, who, what was number one as far as, like, score or, or, oh, I, what, I, like, what, what, what factors into the ranking? It's, it's, um, your win-loss ratio and how many, okay. how many wins you've, you've had. Okay, um, do so, you yeah. remember yours? I played something like 10,000 rounds, oh, 10, and, and, like, probably had an 80% win rate. Um, so it's pretty embarrassing. Outstanding. Right on. <laughs> who's your, like, who's your guy? Yeah, who's your go-to guy? Okay, so I have two. I, I don't play guys. I okay. only play female characters. Oh, wow. So Katana is my main. Okay. Um, and she was OP in MKX. And, um, I really liked Melina as well. So and with, with the video games themselves, do you have a, f- a favorite one or, or do they just kind of have their own charm depending on what, you know, what, what you're looking for? Yeah. They changed the mechanics of the, um, since the 3D era kind of ended, they rebooted the entire series, um, recently with Mortal Kombat. And then ever since then, they've kind of changed the mechanics of the game each time. So you're kind of learning a whole new, system and fighting games have become so much more um sophisticated in that you're really kind of paying attention to frame data right so each move has certain like whiff uh frames and then punish frames so it becomes almost mathematical it all makes sense yeah i've tried playing i i haven't played mortal kombat in a while but i've played like injustice which is made by like the same company Yeah. yeah and i've tried playing online and i feel like I'm in the Matrix. Like they move way faster than I can even think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so this week we're looking back at August 1995 when the movies and theaters were Waterworld, Virtuosity, Kid in King Arthur's Court, which we mentioned during the Wizard episode, Dangerous Minds, and of course our movie for today, Mortal Kombat, which earned 122.1 million dollars on a 20 million dollar budget. I thought it was crazy that. Uh... That this movie spent three weeks as the number one film in the U.S. No, number one. <laughs> I mean, watching it, watching it now is kind of like it's a little bit dated, and I wouldn't have thought back in the day that it would have been so hype. Yeah, but man, people must have loved it. Well, when you look at what it's up against, I mean, there's not really anything that's this much of a popcorn type movie. Having said that, I think as as far as like video game movies goes, it holds up a lot better than for a lot sure. of most video for game sure. movies. Yeah. Okay. As obviously a warning for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, it came out in 1995, So I mean, you should have seen it by now. Yeah. It's a great movie. You should have seen it by now. If you haven't seen it, you don't want it to be spoiled. Go watch it. Come back and listen to what we have to say. Right on. So, the tagline that appears on the poster for this movie is, Choose your destiny. That's it. Ends, <laughs> ends in an ellipses, choose your destiny, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I, I kind of would, would have liked, finish him. I think that would have been a great tagline. But that's that's an absolutely terrible uh, uh, description of what this movie is. So, we go to Colin for our 60-second synopsis. <laughs> Now's my time to shine. 
Mortal Kombat follows Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage, three warriors who, under the guidance of the Thunder God Raiden, have been chosen to defend Earthrealm from the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung and the Hordes of Outworld as they attempt to win their 10th straight Mortal Kombat tournament and invade the Earth. Right on. Yeah, so I know for me, um, th- this is one that once I turned it on, I, I started thinking... Have I actually seen this movie? <laughs> right? Like, because I, I know that there there were specific scenes that I vividly remember. Like, Scorpion in the forest. I, I vividly remember that for, uh, that fight scene. But the whole storyline, I, I, was, I was trying to remember whether I had actually seen the movie in its entirety. Um, but now... For you, uh, David, you're you're a big Mortal Kombat player. Yeah. What's what's your movie uh, history with uh, with Mortal Kombat? Well, I, I I've watched them hundreds and hundreds of times. Annihilation, the second one, is just on another level of camp craziness. Um, but I, I actually really loved the, the first Mortal Kombat movie. I don't think I've ever actually seen Annihilation. That, okay. That's one that, like, I this is one that I'm questioning whether I saw it. But, yeah, Annihilation, I don't know if I have it's ever insane. seen it all. <laughs> Colin? I mean, truth be told, in my memory, I like I liked Annihilation more, but I still obviously love Mortal Kombat. Um, uh... Yeah, I've watched this movie a ton of times. It's one of the first movies that we've done this podcast where I've actually seen it before. So I was excited that we were doing it. Um, <laughs> he, he's usually the one in the podcast that hasn't even heard of some of the movies yet. So it's it's great. Yeah, going back and watching it, I kind of agree with you. Like, I remember a lot of the scenes. I didn't really remember the story, but it's kind of that thing we were talking about in other movies. When you're a kid, you just remember all the all the fun stuff. Yeah, you don't yeah. remember all the filler in between. Yeah, no, and and the movie opens so strangely with um, it kind of introduces each character in their own individual scenario. And I just remember thinking when I rewatched it recently, I was like, "What? These people don't even know what they're getting into. They're just yeah. living yeah. their daily lives." Well, let, on that note, let's jump into Mortal Kombat. It's uh, directed by Paul W. S. Uh, w. S. Anderson who definitely has a specific genre of movies that he likes doing. Uh, he, he's the director of Alien vs. Predator, Pompeii, four of the Resident Evil uh, movies, but he wrote all six. Oh, I didn't um, it's produced by Robert Engelman, uh, who did Blade, uh, Mystery Men, The Mask, and From Justin to Kelly, and <laughs> written by... Okay, this is where it gets a little confusing. Uh, we have Ed Boon and John Tobias, who both get... Uh, Parentheses, uh, video game credit. Yeah, they're the um, creators, creators of Mortal Kombat. They're, they're the create, but they're they're also given a writing credit on the movie, but it, it doesn't actually say like written by or story by. They're just given the vet- video game credit. Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly what that means in context of writing the movie. I think the um the the movie is based on the video game so closely. Okay, um, that they, they probably just decided. It's that. just enough yeah. that they should get the credit. Yeah, I, I was thinking maybe it was like when Steven Spielberg got the story by credit in Goonies. You yeah, know. it'd be similar to that. I think. Yeah. Uh, when, anyway, when when you look at their IMDb, their credit history, it, they're just pretty much everything Mortal Kombat. Nearly all of their credits have to do with either the movies or the video games. And Ed Boon, in fact, is also the voice of Scorpion in both this and the games. Yes. Nice. So. And our third credited writer is Kevin Droney, whose entire IMDb, this is my favorite, his his profile bio on IMDb is born 1948. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's his entire IMDb profile. He has credits like Wing Commander, the Highlander TV series. Uh, so, you know, we're not already not off to the greatest start here. But we open on the wild techno Mortal Kombat th- theme where they are screaming the name of the movie at you. Uh, you know, and we're into it. We I mean, that's you know, still like one of the best theme songs. Of it all it time. is, it yeah. is iconic. It's so recognizable as yeah. soon as you hear it. And, and I know this is one that even when you're walking through a busy arcade in the '90s, this is one that you can hear in the in your peripheral the whole time. You can kind of hear the the, in the yeah, band. the thumping and the <laughs> Mortal Kombat. That song was a mainstay of my gym playlist for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Admit it, it still is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we then proceed to the top of a temple to watch a fight between Shang Tsung, uh, played by oh, I'm gonna butcher this, Carrie Hiro Hiro Yuko. No, sorry, 
Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. Uh, he was in Tekken, another video game movie. Uh, P- Planet of the Apes, the shitty Tim Burton, Mark Wahlberg one. And Hachi, A Dog's Tale, which was a Richard <laughs> Gere movie about the uh, the dog that kept going back in uh, Shibuya Crossing in Tokyo to wait for his uh, his owner. Uh, I actually visited the statue of Hachi when I was in Tokyo a couple of years ago. Um, so and, just real quickly, um, yeah. uh, so something really interesting about Kerry Tagawa, um, he became so iconically recognized as Shang Tsung that in Mortal Kombat 11, they actually brought him back and 3D rendered him as the character. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so yeah, the fight is happening between him and Chan, who is played by Stephen Ho. Uh, he's mostly a stunt guy. He's got 60 stunt credits versus his 25 acting credits. Um, where Shang Tsung is victorious and murders Chan. Um, and then Shang Tsung says directly to the camera, your brother's soul is mine, yours will be next. And we find out that the whole opening scene was just a nightmare of Liu Kang's. Uh, Liu Kang played by Robin Shu. Uh, he was in Mortal Kombat, and then uh, he reprised his role in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, and in between, he was in Beverly Hills Ninja. I remember him in Beverly Hills Ninja. And interestingly, I I, I was uh, I was fascinated to find out that he was in Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li as well. I mean, isn't this like going from Star Wars to Star Trek? Isn't loyalty? Yeah, is, isn't jumping That's to hilarious. a Street Fighter movie uh, just sacrilegious in the Mortal Kombat him community? In that movie. I. I don't know. I, I'd have to say it's, that I don't think I've seen that either. It's funny because Jean Claude Van Damme was actually in the running to play Johnny Cage. Oh, really? But he did not. He backed out of the role to play Guile in Street Fighter, so <laughs> he made his choice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Street Fighter is definitely one of the ones that is more revered to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Liu Kang wakes up from his nightmare, and we see that he has received a Western Union telegram informing him of his brother's death. And on that note, it's time for a segment we like to call Sponsorship Corner. Now, as always, one of my favorite things about some of these old movies is the blatant product placement. So this week, Mortal Kombat is brought to you by Western Union. <laughs> and that's it. A, a very, I, was say, I was shocked that you even had one. I didn't a, think you were going to find A very disappointing sponsorship corner. I guess an, art, uh, an argument could be made that Mortal Kombat is also brought to you by Midway Games. Who is bankrupt now? Who is bankrupt now? <laughs> but, you know, for actual placement in the movie, yep, Western uh, Union was the only one that I noticed. And this has been Sponsorship Corner. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, we jump uh, now scenes to watch Sonya, played by Bridget Wilson Sampras who was in Last Action Hero, but I remember her most as Veronica Vaughn, I Want to Touch the Heine, in Billy Madison. Uh, um, I, I knew I recognized her face. <laughs> Does she play the daughter in The Last Action Hero? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I just uh, You just made that connection for me now. Last Action Hero is one that's on our list, but further down the list. Okay. So I, I know Last Action Hero is one that I have in the back of my mind because I know I haven't watched it in a long time. But yeah, we've got Sonya and Jax. Uh, Jax is played by Gregory McKinney, who is in Eraser, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Money Train. And they are looking for Kano, who is played by Trevor Goddard. Uh, he was in 42 episodes of JAG, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, nothing since 2010. I've noticed that with a lot of the guys that I've researched is somewhere around 2009, 2010, that's when most of them stopped acting. So maybe that's because most of them are martial artists. Maybe that's where their knees started giving out. Uh, (laughs) They didn't have anything else to offer. But they're they're chasing Kano into a nightclub in Hong Kong. And we find out that Kano has been hired by Shang Tsung as bait to lure Sonya to the tournament. And we get to touch on what uh, David said near the beginning is that... Okay, so Kano is one of these guys that knows what the tournament is all about. But Sonya just kind of gets suckered into appearing in the tur- tournament. It's just so, so bizarre to me. How did they decide that this random FBI agent was going to fight for the world? 
Yeah. You know? Like, oh, exactly. Well, there's... Yeah. yeah. When I watched it the second time, I was trying to piece together what Shang Tsung's plan is for Sonya. Because he seems to have a real deep interest in, in right. her. But it never really come. It never really gets explained what it was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we'll get to the end. We'll talk right. about <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so Sonya and Jax are pursuing pursuing Kano through the dance club, where no one is reacting to gunfire, yeah. and they just keep on dancing. And I'm amazed that no bystanders get hit. She has like, way too big of a gun for such a close quarters. <laughs> I love that, that. There's a one scene where she shoots that window out, and the yeah. entire thing just shatters into a billion pieces onto the dancers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they. Just just keep dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and my very next note. Why does Shang Tsung want Sonya so badly? Right on. Um, so so we, we've gotten that introduction scene of those people. And then now we get to meet Johnny Cage, played by Lyndon Ashby. Uh, he was in 29 episodes of Days of Our Lives. And <laughs> he he's kind of the king of sequels, I noticed. he uh, He was in Resident Evil Extinction. He was in Sniper 2, which I remember was a direct-to-video. He was in Anaconda's Trail of Blood, which oh. I remember was direct-to-video. He was in Wild Things 2, which I remember he was in direct-to-video. Um, his biggest role seems to be currently uh, he's uh, the sheriff in 88 episodes of Teen Wolf. Um, but uh, Johnny Cage is busy filming a movie with his line, Let's Dance. Uh, and Cage has the moment where he fights everybody and the last stuntman in the scene doesn't fall down and he says this is where you fall down and he's furious because everyone around him is incompetent and uh so they yell cut he takes a break and we find out that johnny cage is being called a poser in the tabloids and he has a conversation with mr boyd played by peter jason who is arguably the most renowned actor in this film he has 264 credits Mm -hmm. so i just didn't even bother pointing out any of them but psych we find out Mr. Boyd is not actually Mr. Boyd. He's actually Shang Tsung in disguise, luring Johnny Cage into the tournament by playing to his ego. Um, what a reveal, yeah. you know? <laughs> I also just wanted to jump in. It's no coincidence that the director of that film looks like Steven Spielberg. He was actually tabbed to have a cameo, but things fell through. Spielberg was supposed to have a cameo? Yeah, and, and that, that, like, the fact that he was supposed to have a cameo is also bizarre because... I don't understand why Steven Spielberg would be in a mortal, what connection he yeah. has to Mortal Kombat. But even just like tears of, you know, like yeah. the prestige, like Spielberg, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make much sense to me either. Um, so now we've got Liu Kang travels to the temple that he dreamt about and says that he wants to represent the Order of Light at the tournament to get revenge on the man who killed his brother. I have to admit, like the whole backstory with the Order of Light and Raiden, like, was it just, am I just an idiot? Like, it just, it seemed complicated, or was it just convoluted, or... You know, Mortal Kombat has a really yeah. deep lore, um, yeah. and it, it, the games kind of carry it all the way through, and they still refer to those original concepts, even to this day. So, yeah. like, I mean, I, I played Mortal Kombat back on my Nintendo or my Sega, or, you know, back in the day... Um, you know, I played some arcade. I'm not ranked number three in the world or anything, but I, I, I do know Mortal Kombat. I just don't know whether maybe I skipped past all the storyline. Like, should I have paid more attention in the video games to, to the backstory so that I would have understood this movie a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they're they're fleshed out in the character endings, but back then they were just kind of, you know, text. So you yeah. have to kind of read about it, and then they would make the connections. Um it kind of got more fleshed out by, I think, Mortal Kombat 3 the, the, in the video game was when they started, like, really nailing down what the lore was about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I found it comes in, into play a lot, especially with the Scorpion Sub-Zero stuff. Yeah. Because that, that story is so deep and so, like... Yeah. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Liu Kang wants to represent the Order of the Light at the tournament to get revenge on the man who killed his brother. Uh, this is the point where we meet Lord Raiden... Played by Christopher Lambert. If you don't know who he is, he's the Highlander. Um, and a whole bunch of French movies. Like half of his IMDb, he is just foreign language films. Um, and he demands that Liu Kang proves his worth to him. Uh, and in a total rebel move, Liu Kang decides to go with or without their consent. Uh, in the video game, is uh, is Lord Raiden white? Like, is this somewhere where Hollywood is whitewashing it's the like characters a little bit? It depends bit? on the game, and even sometimes, like in the, like in the Mortal Kombat Conquest 
TV show, he's he's more Asian. Yeah, and they 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 change character models from game to game, completely different races each time yeah. too. So oh, so Lord Lord Raiden is kind of like a Green Lantern. It can just be anybody from any world. Any pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it may not ever be actually the same person. Who knows? Um, so now we're uh, we get to the boat in Hong Kong Harbor. That'll take everyone to the tournament. Now that we've had a chance to kind of meet everybody. Uh, and Johnny Cage just assumes that Liu Kang is a porter. Um, <laughs> like, I, I was kind of surprised that there is a very big lack of Chinese people on the dock yeah. for Hong Kong Harbor. Yeah. So, you know, like, effectively, Liu Kang is kind of the first Asian guy that walks by. So is that why Johnny Cage assumes that uh, that he's a porter? Like, I just don't understand why... Out of everyone that's around, he assumes that this is the guy that's going to yeah. take his luggage up and on the boat. And they're not even close to the boat at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can see the boat in the distance. Yeah, and Liu Kang is walking by in a leather jacket. Yeah. Like, he's not in a uniform. He's not... Like, if he, if he was in some sort of, you know, Hong Kong military uniform or yeah. something like that, I could understand him thinking. Yeah. But... Yeah, so we find out that Johnny Cage is just a little bit racist, and you know, <laughs> and his hijinks with with his luggage begins. That'll come back. But the ship comes in the the spooky ass, <laughs> the, like Viking looking ship, ship with the dragon on the front. Um, and this is where Kano lets himself be seen, so that Sonya pursues him onto the b- right. boat. And then and then, <laughs> in the same way that Johnny Cage thought that Liu Kang was an employee of the harbor, we get on the ship, and Sonya starts overreacting with Johnny Cage because, obviously, he must know where Kano is. Like, she, out of all the people that are on the deck of the ship, she grabs Johnny Cage and says, where's Kano? Where's Kano? And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Let go of me. Who? Right? So, we we have this chase that goes through the boat. Uh, Sonya ends up cornering Shang Tsung, and uh, the boys come to the rescue because, God forbid, we've got a strong female character That's when right. you're actually portraying her on film. You know, and I agree with you. Like, you know, when it came to playing Street Fighter, you know, someone like Sonya Blade was actually a good player. Mortal Kombat. Or, sorry, Street Fighter. Sorry, I was thinking Chun-Li. <laughs> yeah. I used to use Chun-Li, but yeah, in Mortal Kombat, Sonya was someone that I would use. Like, the female characters are strong in the yeah. game. But man, is she, she's just a, she's just a fucking damsel, damsel in distress. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, she's like literally a damsel in distress. Um, I just, I don't understand why we need the boys coming to the rescue, but I guess we need to see this trinity of heroes that are going to save the entire realm of reality and all that sort of thing. Um, but this is where we get to meet Scorpion. Uh, I'm excited to say this name, played by Chris Casamassa. Uh, he's a ninth degree black belt. He's got 18, 18 acting and seven stunt credits. Um, and Sa- uh, Sub-Zero, played by Francois Petit. Uh, he's got four credits to his name. So, <laughs> um, and they have a fight in the bowels of the ship. And I must say that the Scorpion effects, not too bad. Yeah, for, for 1995. For 1995, the Scorpion effects are not too bad, but then Raiden shows up with his lightning powers, and his effects are not too good. I think like, it's just clip art. With, like, a clip art of light <laughs> being dragged across the frame. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they worked really hard on the Scorpion effects. Um, but, yeah, the, the lightning for Raiden is just absolutely terrible. But, yeah, Shang Tsung, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero, because le- uh, they, they all leave because Raiden reminds Shang Tsung that attacking them now is against the rules. So, you know, everyone just gives up on their pursuit. Sonya, who who is like absolutely seen red for Kano. She wants Kano dead. She's just like, meh. Well, whatever. I, I'm Luke done Kang. Like he's not Shang Tsung is right in front of him and he's just like so reserved. Yeah. He, yeah. You, you, they're there for a, a very specific reason, right? Each of them. But then you have to imagine what happens between that and when they arrive at the island. They're all just chilling on this boat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're, we're, we're nowhere cool. to we'll hide. Wait. Yeah. We'll yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, it's like Lu, Lu Kang, um, Lu Kang is there knowing that he's going to the tournament, but Shania, or Shania, 
<laughs> Sonia. What does she care? She doesn't know why she's she there. She even, has. She doesn't yeah. even know about the tournament at this yeah. point. Yeah, she's just on this weird, messed up ship all of a sudden, and it's like, well, I guess I'm going wherever it's going now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she just gives up her pursuit, so whatever. So we get some uh, exposition at this point from from uh, Raiden, uh, talking about the many realms and and the history of Mortal Kombat, and then we get him saying, "It has begun." When, when the storm clouds move in, and then Raiden looks at the sky as well and screams, it has begun, and we see skulls flying through the sky and all that sort of stuff. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung, yeah. Shang Tsung, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we, what did I say? Raiden. Raiden, uh, Raiden says it and then Shang Tsung. Yeah. yeah, see, too, uh, too many people all, all mixed up. See, that's why we need a Mortal Kombat expert on this episode. <laughs> uh, and then we end up landing on the mysterious island where Sonya's radio doesn't work and the compass is going nuts. I guess they're in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. Um, and we get more Johnny Cage hijinks with his luggage as he tries to take everything off the ship or off the off the boat and ends up falling into the water with all his luggage. Um, and then I had a note here where they're walking down the beach and I say, is Sonya literally the only woman? And then, oh, wait, there's another one. And we get to meet Princess Katana. And Princess Katana is played by Talisa Soto. And she's the subject of this week's Bit Player Spotlight. So Miriam Talisa Soto was born March 27th, 1967 in Brooklyn, New York. The youngest of four siblings, she was actually raised in Northampton, Massachusetts. At age 15, she signed with Click Model Management and began modeling during summer vacations and appeared on covers of Vogue, Elle, Mademoiselle, Glamour, and Self magazines and appeared in many others, including the 1995 Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, the 1990 100 Most Beautiful People Issue of uh, Most Beautiful People Issue of People. Wow, I should have. I should have revised that sentence before I wrote it down. <laughs> and a 2002 Maxim where she was ranked number 58 in that year's Hot 100 Women. She was featured in advertising campaigns for Calvin Klein, Claris, Revlon, Versace, and others. She had appeared in a Madonna music video, uh, Each Time You Break My Heart. I don't even know what that Madonna song is. But in 1988, she made her feature film debut in the comedy Spike of Bensonhurst which is an Ernest Borgnine comedy I've never heard of. Mm. And also that year was cast as a Bond girl in the Timothy Dalton License to Kill and as Maria Rivero in uh, Mambo Kings. She has appeared in other films such as Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where she repi- reprises her role of Katana, Don Juan DeMarco, Ballistic X vs. Sever, and Spy Hard, where she is inexplicably credited as Desiree Moore. I'm not sure why for this one movie she goes as Desiree Moore. I I even decided to look up to see if everyone in Spy Hard, because Spy Hard is a Leslie Nielsen spoof comedy. I looked up to see if everyone went by aliases, but no, just, just her. Just her. Uh, she also appeared in 15 episodes of the TV show Hearts of the West. Her last screen appearance was in the 2013 movie Elysium, although the, her role is in uncredited in that movie. Since 2002, she has been married to actor Benjamin Bratt. Uh, very soon after his much-publicized relationship with Julia Roberts, and only a couple years after her divorce to first husband, Australian actor Costas Mandalore. They have a son and daughter together. And that is Bit Player Spotlight. So, yeah, Shang Tsung says what's up to Katana and uh and they and brings a weird gremlin statue to life. Okay, what is this it's gremlin? A reptile. It's a reptile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that is reptile. Like, yeah. So so in the movies, reptile is this this uh creature that when he gets thrown into dis, you know, like bowled bodies, yeah. he, he takes it over. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was a, that's a weird scene. She's just lingering on the beach under like an umbrella or something. Well, like that. she's in the cave under an umbrella. Yeah. Like, she's not even lounging on the beach under yeah, an umbrella. Right. She's just she's got a shelf in the cave that she's just hanging out in. That's that's the katana spot, I guess. Um, 
So, so I've got a note here that says literally one black dude though. So we, <laughs> we, yeah. So we, we finally found another woman, but yeah, so far we've literally met one black dude. Um, but so we've got feast time with a forced floor show. Um, and we got a bunch of oily guys flipping tables to, to show off. To show off why you're here, I guess. Yeah, that, to... was, that, that scene always makes me laugh because someone, whoever was the event planner for this, was said to them, at some point in the evening, we're going to take all this food and just flip it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, and they don't even give them a time limit. Yeah. It's never, not even like, okay, five minutes until you guys have to be done eating. eating. We swear, you have to be done. We promise you're going to, you're going to understand in a minute. Um, but this is where we get to uh, see what Sub-Zero uh, is can really do. Um, I've got a note that says Sub-Zero is pretty cool, though. No oh. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Shang Tsung is basically just proving a point by letting him freeze and shatter someone to death. Um, this is this is post- uh, Terminator 2, I believe. Yeah. Terminator 2 Terminator was before. 92. Yeah, 92 for Terminator 2. So, you know, they've, they've taken the Terminator 2 idea and made it with ice. So, it, but not a bad effect. Nope. Like, again, yeah, again, yeah, this is, was awesome. this was another one that was uh, surprisingly good for 1995. It does kind of always bother me, though, that Sub-Zero has to, like, hold his power for so long to build up the ice. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's forming it from the water particles in the air. <laughs> so they they once again, I guess they've forgotten the rules from the boat that Raiden slapped down on them because they want to go after Shang Tsung again. So Johnny Cage is pretty much just comic relief at this point because they see Goro, the shadow of Goro on the wall. And he says, Sonya, you go ahead and find out what that was. Lou and I will stay right here. <laughs> um, and again, another special effect that's not too bad. When we do meet Goro, it's actually not. Yeah. It, it's a fairly solid bad guy. It's like a It's a puppet. Yeah. It's, is yeah. it a puppet? Yeah, it's not yeah. CG. It's, it's, okay. Uh, but is it a full-size puppo- yeah, puppet? It's a yeah. full-size puppet. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. It's really, really cool. So the Goro gives more exposition about Shang Tsung so that we can learn a bit more about what he's all about. Uh, those candle drips are on point. <laughs> like they've got candles all around them. And man, I, I, I want to be the prop guy on that movie, melting down candles so that we've got all these glorious candle drips all over the, all over the room. But Shang Tsung comes in and he lets Goro know that. Okay. So we find out. That Princess Katana must not be allowed to join forces with Liu Kang if he is to succeed in his evil plan to take the throne from the Emperor. Um, this is also the part where you find out that Liu Kang is the descendant of Kung Lao, which is also one of those like important like backstory things yeah. that we don't really explain. But and Kung Lao is not in the movie, and right? He's not, yeah, he's not just in the movie. making sure I didn't but miss it's him. A like big storyline. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And they just kind of throw it out there. Yeah, as... yeah, like because because <laughs> Jax is one of those blinking you'll miss him yeah. type. Ca- kind of characters in the beginning and i remember jacks from the game yeah. yeah so it's just like okay just making sure that i didn't miss another yeah. one <laughs> like is just one of those things they keep throwing out but never like they like throw it out like you should just know yeah <laughs> it's almost yeah. like fan service right <laughs> yeah. they just throw out the name i suppose so um and so we have the the line from uh from Johnny Johnny Cage that that has to be Princess Katana. Um, yeah, the only other chick here. I guess that does that have, have to, to be <laughs> Princess Katana. So they chase after Princess Katana and uh, they get separated and uh, the gremlin thing attacks Liu Kang. So reptile attacks Liu Kang and then just disappears again. Like we, we've got all these setups of people that are going to have these fights and then they just fizzle away well the tournament hasn't officially yeah. started yet so. that's true and when the reptile fight happens it pays off big <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a teaser <laughs> um i i love that at one point too johnny cage is following katana and he says i know exactly where i'm going she went this way as he's breaking through like a <laughs> half dozen, yeah, all these, all these co- cobwebs that have obviously not been touched for years, he's breaking through every single one of them. And but no, she went this way. I swear, I saw her go this way. Um, and then we get uh, we get our techno Mortal Kombat fight where it's the three against many fight, 
and everyone just kind of dispatches of all these faceless henchmen. Um, and we get the, uh, the clap. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant from Raiden. Now tell me what you plan to do about them. And we find out they are surrounded by so many more. And then Raiden just walks them out. Like, again, you know, you've set up this amazing, okay, what are you going to do about those guys? And then it's like, nah, just kidding. (laughs) Budget. It was only $20 million. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so he walks them out. It's kind of anticlimactic. And then we get more exposition about Shang Tsung from Raiden. And then this is the point of the movie where it just kind of turns into series of fights. Yeah. This is what we came for. This is what we came for. Yeah. This is literally the, the, the portion of the movie I remember the most. This, yeah. This the, yeah. This is now the video game on screen because every fight has to happen in a different location as well. Uh, I have the note. Oh, there's another black guy and Liu Kang fights him. And we've got quite the hierography going on oh, between this right. guy because he's he's got he's got the braids in his hair he's and Liu Kang has this fluffy quaff going on. Okay, was Liu Kang's hair a wig? I was trying to figure out if it was natural or if it was a, it it hangs to the side too good. It's I too feel. good. That, that, <laughs> if it is a wig, it's a very high quality lace front wig. Yeah, because so. that, that yeah, because that is a fluffy do. Like yeah. that is that is some good moving hair. I also found with this fight with the capoeira guy, like they. They dub like tiger roars. That's right. All the time, every t- every time he yells or anything, it's this tiger ro- roar behind his yell. Oh, I I didn't even notice that. It was weird. Damn it! Am I going to have to watch this a third time? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yes, and this is now where we get our first fatality of the movie. Uh, you know, the fan service. We're now ha- like half an hour into the movie, but Shang Tsung takes his his soul from him and says fatality and yeah so we're now going into our series of battles uh next up we have sonya versus kano um so sonya is right off right out of the gate she's getting her revenge match um and this is where we get our first finish him um uh, uh from the movie uh when she's thigh mastering his head yeah like like that that's not her finishing move in the game no but she it is it is a very iconic move that she has okay Um, and in mortal kombat 9 they do turn it into a finishing move where she grabs her by the legs and then she opens her legs and splits them in half (laughs) okay (laughs) okay and i mean this is yeah sonya kind of gets her ass kicked a little bit but she is tough enough to beat kano I thought I found that fight a little bit hard to watch when he was like kicking her in the stomach. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that was really visceral, really violent. Yeah, but Kano Kano's just such a badass character. It, it's it made me sad that he gets killed so so early. Like I love when he shows up, his accent and everything. Yeah, when he comes out and he pulls out the blade and he's like, "I'm gonna cut you ear to ear." He's yeah. so cool, <laughs> um, and that actually was um again another uh character that was just so well recognized yeah. that they just permanently made Kano Australian for the rest of the, the game series. Yeah. yeah. And well and his uh his metal face prosthetic was actually like it was pretty good makeup yeah. as well yeah. there. But yeah, I just like maybe that's maybe that's why they have a lack of women in this movie is because of that reaction that you have like even in 2020 you're kind of like it's hard to watch a woman getting beat up well the one thing i i I noticed comparing this movie that's like an action fighting movie compared to a similar movie made today is like looking at Sonya's fighting i wouldn't buy her as a fighter that's right whereas like now it's like they would train that actor, that actress, like tons beforehand, so that she would have an actual. You'd, you'd have, style. yeah. yeah you, it was very brawling, kind of yeah. uh, like style to it. So there's just no yeah. technique behind it, which is why why I'm like, why did she end up in this tournament? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, she's very much like a street boxer. Whereas, yeah, yeah you're right. Well, she's like, also special forces. Yeah, yeah. Like she would fight better. Yeah, <laughs> and, but exactly. And nowadays, you'd have you'd have choreography that was a lot like Black Widow or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You'd yeah. be doing that's stuff good, like that. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, but we'll see what happens when the remake comes out next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, we we've got our yeah, our first finish him uh and then next we're just in a forest. Um and <laughs> I was wondering is this part of the 
tournament or is it just a random fight because right. you know it's just in the middle of a forest who's, like who's reffing this <laughs> yeah. right? like, exactly who's... um so we've got we've got scorpion versus johnny cage uh scorpion you know we get our classic get over here um uh, and the cgi on the hand is not too bad when when his yeah. chain is coming out of the hand it's not too bad but then, it gets but then a it wonky once it leaves. Yeah, <laughs> once it leaves, it hits the tree right by Johnny Cage's head, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I was giving that CGI too much credit because coming out of his hand, it looked good. Going into the tree, well, I thought it was yikes, funny when it, it was... hits the tree, it like blood spatters. Yeah, and then he pulls it out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they're they're fighting, and then they get sucked into a different location. Uh, which is the weird scaffolding area with the conveniently smooth bar for aerial acrobatics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything looks rusty and sharp yeah, and, and you rough. You definitely get tetanus doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 it, yeah, the whole room looks like it's just one big tetanus shot yeah. requirement, but except for the one yeah. bar that he swings on to do his yeah. acrobatics. That is fan service, though, because that. That is an element of the game, I think, where Scorpion has, like, the different realm he pulls people to. And then... Yeah, but although, I, now that I think about it, um, I don't think that... That happened in Mortal Kombat 3, yeah. and this came out before Mortal Kombat 3, I think. Oh. Yeah, so, so they, they, they pulled that element. That. Yeah. Okay, okay so they, they retconned for the video games later on. I know, yeah. like, when he pulls off his mask and does the flamethrower skull is... Yeah. From Mortal Kombat 1 or 2. But. Yeah, so we, and this is, yeah, that that was actually also kind of a cool effect, too. Um, and then we end up getting Scorpion's death uh, with his skull sliced in half with the shield that uh, that Johnny Cage has managed to find. It's the most gruesome death so far as well, but still not very... You know, I, I I wonder back in 1995 how furious people were at how how tame the fatalities were for this movie that is so famous as a video game yeah, yeah, for yeah. having like the, like it was mortal Kombat That is the reason there are video game ratings. Yes, now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a uh, uh, temple of doom was one of the movies that created the PG 13 rating. And so, yeah, this is, this is a video game that created a rating systems on video game. Uh, but well, create, like, the I'm... movie is so tame compared yeah. Yeah, because Mortal Kombat is always, like, very bloody. Even this morning I was watching the trailer for Mortal Kombat 11, and it's one of the most violent <laughs> video game trailers I've ever seen in my life with, like, knives going through skulls Oh, and yeah, they stuff. have all these and, crazy like... effects now. <laughs> yeah, is that but... the one that's the blood on the carpet one, or is that or is that for a different Mortal Kombat? There's one that it was a banned commercial called Blood on the Carpet, uh-huh. and it's someone in a boardroom. Uh, that, you know, he ends up having to finish someone and he rips the guy's heart out. Oh, jeez. And this, this was a commercial. Yeah. Like, you know, a regular, it's supposed to be aired on TV commercial. Oh, I haven't seen and that. And it was banned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Google that shit. I remember yeah. watching the movie as a kid and being disappointed that Scorpion got killed just because he was my favorite. Scorpion my was favorite probably guy. my top was, used I, guy. I just, I didn't like the way he died either. Yeah. I think they, they sliced his skull, right? Yeah. And then there was like blood like spurting. But, but it's, like it like, w- it's like this, it's like this weird fluorescent. Yeah. Orange, yeah. <laughs> I mean, spoilers, you haven't seen Annihilation, but he comes back, he's okay. So. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, see, and but I, I also read something that he, Sub-Zero doesn't come back, though. Yes, he does. Well, there's two Sub-Zeros. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. like, Sub-Zero dies in Mortal Kombat, and then his brother, the second Sub-Zero, which is also part of the game, comes into Annihilation. Oh, fuck. Am I going to have to this... watch Annihilation? Yes, too? but it's yeah. worth it. Every yeah. moment. <laughs> For sure. Um, so our next fight uh, we get is Liu Kang versus Princess Katana on the beach um, with no fatalities. I, I guess the, the decisions for which battles are actually fatalities <laughs> or not, it's just kind of arbitrary and yeah. selective. You know, Shang Tsung just decides... I don't want to kill Katana right now. I'm not going to yell out to finish him on this one. Or is this one not part of the tournament either? Well, this one is definitely being watched, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. seems like an exhibition match, not really. Yeah, it's just right. sparring. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Katana is, ends up giving Liu Kang advice uh, about what to do in his next battle, and then we get Liu Kang versus Sub Zero, where Sub Zero ends up kill being killed with an icicle, uh, thanks to the tip of, uh, about water. Thanks, Katana. 
Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, the element that brings life. Just like the Wicked Witch of the West, <laughs> yeah. we, she's brought down by a wooden pail of water, just like the Wicked Witch of the West. But it's so funny, though, because uh, to Colin's point earlier, for him to conjure that ice literally took like, three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, he, he spends three minutes just making this orb. Like, <laughs> Was his goal to just expand the orb to encompass Luke yeah. and freeze him? Or like... <laughs> Until it's the size of the, the giant ball in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's yeah, just gonna just crush him, him with it. It seems like Sub-Zero just assumes that every single person is gonna attack him and he's gonna be able to freeze them in midair. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've got... and Then I've got another note. Is this part of the tournament? Because once again, we're kind of in this room where there's no one else supervising the fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is this the one Shang Tsung shows up at the end and says like flawless victory or whatever or no no no, no, no not this one, one. No, but it's so funny though because like how do they determine who wins does someone come, come by later and see whose body is on the ground and be like yeah. oh, oh one point for Liu Kang yeah. well, or, or who, it's whoever shows up at the final battle yeah, it's exactly. like well I guess everyone yeah, else like, is dead where's the bracket <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, no this this is the fight though where Katana like uh, she she manages to sneak a peek from yeah. like the sidelines and be like okay yeah bitch got my hint he, he understood what my I was saying, hint. my subtle hint about the element that brings life, and I think she drops the buckets of water in in the fight. Yeah, so she's pretty much cheated. Oh yeah, <laughs> she she brings them earlier. Yeah, and then they come and they fight. Yeah, and yeah. Go, yeah. Um. So this is the point of the movie now, where Goro is unleashed upon the tournament, and we get the Goro killing montage. Oh yeah. Uh. Yeah. So this. This part of the movie, this is where all our black and Asian characters are in the movie. They're just being tossed aside by Goro and killed. (laughs) But, you know, we're finally getting representation, even if it's like three seconds at a time during this montage of (laughs) Of them dying dying. in the gravel. Yeah. Um, And then then we... uh, But we get our our, our one black person that we met earlier, which is Art. Um, and so I guess he's one of our feature black characters, uh, and Goro just, you know, straight up kills Art with his big overhead punch. Um, and in this scene, we get two finish, finish hymns and a flawless victory. So we're, we're amping up the, uh... I just want to point out, it wasn't flawless. It was definitely not flawless. (laughs) Like, none of the flawless victories that get called are flawless. No. Yeah. (laughs) And Shang Tsung takes another soul. Um, and then we get another Raiden pep talk uh, about Goro being unbeatable, and he starts pointing out everyone's weaknesses to them. You know, I, I like the dramatic where he, you know, like he he points out Sonya's uh, Sonya's weakness. He points out Johnny's weakness, and then he starts walking away. And Liu Kang's like, "What about me?" Just so that we can have the dramatic build up to the fact that. What what was it? Liu Kang was too... He won't accept his destiny. He won't accept his destiny, yeah. <laughs> this is where we've got... I, I wrote a note that says, Sonya is a disappointingly weak character. She's walked all over by Johnny Cage, right? Because this is where we get Liu Kang meditating on the beach about what he's got to do. Yep. We've got Sonya and Johnny Cage uh, arguing, and Johnny Cage decides, no, he's got to man up. He's got to man up, and he's got to challenge the forearm guy. Um, and all we get from Sonya is she just crosses her, her arms in a huff and says, oh, don't you do this to protect me, Johnny Cage. <laughs> like, come on. Like, 1995, like, let's, let's write a strong female characters. They exist. Yeah, yeah. Even before this time, we had Lieutenant Ripley in Aliens. We had, we had, uh. And the funniest thing about it Terminator, is. We had Terminator, Sarah Connor. Like, they're strong characters in the game. Yeah. There was absolutely no reason why they needed to do this. Yeah. So. Um, so Johnny Cage decides to challenge Goro and then, uh, we get. We get our fan service because Johnny Cage has his sunglasses here, but Goro takes them off and crushes them. It's just, I, I have, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why does he have to take off the glasses and crush them? Um, but, but we get the patented Johnny Cage goes into the splits and gives a shot to the nuts. Classic. Um, classic. It's, it's nice to see it in, uh, in film form. And then we get another finish him. Uh, Johnny Cage ends up, or Goro ends up 
following Johnny Cage up to to the edge of a lift. Uh, what are the ledge? rules of this tournament? Like they're yeah. they're in an arena, and then they just starts running outside the arena, and Goro's yeah. chasing him. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> climbing up the walls, and you know, like he gets to the high ground. He yeah. gets the high ground. <laughs> he, he just Obi Wan Kenobi'd him, <laughs> um, but yeah, he he ends up uh, throwing Goro off a cliff. And we get the call back to this is where you fall down before he steps on Goro's fingers and Goro just falls into oblivion. Okay, spoil me. Does he, does Goro come back in Annihilation? Definitely not. Definitely, Definitely not. Okay. But there, what, there is an iconic line. Those are $500 sunglasses yeah. that mm-hmm. he says. And that has carried through the lore of every single Mortal Kombat game since then. <laughs> yeah, look, there's that. And there's also the... Uh, to go back when he fights Scorpion after he kills Scorpion, he has the autograph. Oh, that's the right. Photo is that's that's also part of his fatality. Oh, right, right, right. I remember that one. And so now this is where Sonya literally becomes a damsel in dispr- yeah, she, uh, distress. Like she, she this gets, movie is kind of like the slow descent of Sonya. If you yeah, look at it one way. <laughs> there's like a graph. She starts off so strong. And by the end of it, she's just in chains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, she gets taken to uh, a castle in a realm where Raiden can't follow, but she'll be forced to accept the battle challenge from Shang Tsung. Um, and then we see the really poor CGI gremlin thing again, because Liu Kang and uh, Johnny Cage have gone after Sonya to rescue her, um, and they're they're walking through the crumbling village or that's like what? uh it's not outworld but it's it's the katana's home realm Edenia. yeah yeah so Lu, Lu kang has heard has heard uh the gremlin the reptile uh walking around and he ends up wrestling it into a statue and it becomes full-fledged reptile who is played by keith cook uh also in mortal combat annihilation uh, national security. He was also in Beverly Hills Ninja, but nothing since 2012 again. And, uh, Reptile is voiced by Frank Welker. Yeah. Voiced. Who, yeah. If you but don't. He was, he was, no. Yeah, he squeals. Yeah, he squeals. <laughs> okay. But, and if you don't know who Frank Welker is, he was Optimus Prime. He was Freddy from the, from Scooby Doo. Uh, very famous voice actor. So, I guess because he's green and I know my color wheel, this means that Reptile is Scorpion plus Sub-Zero. Scor- is, th- is that, do I have my color math right? The color, Scor- the Scorpion color plus Sub-Zero yeah, yeah. equals, equals, equals Reptile. reptile. <laughs> um, but there's also the, the, um, the thing that happens when uh, the gremlin gets thrown into the body. A voiceover says reptile. Yeah. And then the the techno music. music (laughs) Yeah. And I love reptile just gets up and just books it and just immediately like And this and this really kind of starts the theme. What you have to watch Annihilation because everyone travels (laughs) by tumbling. Yeah. They just they just tumble everywhere. (laughs) Um so yeah, we uh Liu Kang ends up kicking Reptile's ass, uh, and Reptile just becomes a big pile of bugs. Yeah, that was weird. Well, he's in there. He yeah. Like, but I don't. I don't. I never understood what the thing was with the in, the insects. Yeah. Yeah. But that made no sense. So Katana shows up at this point to give a little more, bit more exposition about what could happen to Earth if they don't succeed. Uh, and now we've got the time to reveal the tower that they're headed to. Which, my God, this was some terrible CGI. Oh. I, 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 I was giving the movie as many props on CGI when when we did Last Starfighter. Uh, I I went really hard on the CGI because it was first generation CGI. So I I'm trying to give credit where credits due, but my God, when when they do when they do like an overall establishing shot of some sort of location, the the CGI is terrible. Yeah. Like this is something where they could have probably they could have used matte paintings and probably yeah, got more like little results. models. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So I, I I would think that the CGI is more expensive too than Definitely. than doing like miniatures. They could have used Lego and it would have looked better. Yeah. Than what they had. <laughs> um, and so this is where we get our damsel Sonya again. We we find her and she's she's now been given like a very sexualized outfit and her and her just been fucked hairdo. Uh, yeah, you know, well, like oh, it, this is pulled straight out of Mortal Kombat two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah in Mortal Kombat two she's tied up um in Shanks or in Shao Kahn's um 
arena. Uh, but she doesn't have. She's literally wearing like a like a torn up paper bag or like yeah. a, oh, it's, a burlap it's like, sack. Yeah, it's, it's similar. <laughs> oh, it, what in the game she's wearing a burlap? No, no, in the movie. Oh no, movie. she she was wearing that black corset thing with the mini skirt, oh. like a leather black corset with a with like a mini skirt. It looked almost like a gladiator outfit, but it was oh, a okay. very sexualized yeah. outfit. Um, but yeah. Uh, we get the line from Sonya. She's she's refusing to fight, and she says, "My friends will come." And Johnny Cage says, "They're already here. <laughs> they're they're disguised as the monks." I um, I yeah, I, I know. I I love I love movies or or books or anything like that where we have the conveniently placed villains. Um, uh, Harry Potter is something that's famous for it. You know, yeah. like it's like you know. When, when Harry Potter is fighting Bellatrix Lestrange and she says, yeah, f- you know, f- scream for your boss. He can't hear you from here. And Voldemort comes in, can't I Potter? <laughs> you know, so this, this is one of those, you know, moments. This is the can't I Potter moment where my friends will come. They're already here. Um, and, and then the so-called rules of who can challenge and yeah. who has to accept the challenge and what the consequences are. They, they just keep changing because Sonya has refused, which means that Technically, she should have lost Earthrealm because she didn't accept the challenge. But no, now it's she... fine. It's final combat now. So yeah. if Shang Tsung challenges her, she has to accept the fight for it to be a fight that matters. Yeah, and they were hoping uh, Shang Tsung was hoping that she didn't know that and would accept the fight. Um, yeah. yeah but okay. So she just he... refused. Okay, so he was trying to get her on some technicality. He he was. Even, well, he was trying to get her to because she doesn't know how to fight. Yes, because he knew he should. <laughs> this this is bad guy entrapment. That's why he wanted Sonya yeah, there. Yeah, oh, exactly. see, uh, maybe I'm approaching David's theory that he alluded to earlier. Okay, I, I still can't wait to hear your theory. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, because I I was thinking if Sonya refuses, that means that Earth forfeits, but. Katana says that this is deceitful, so Shang Tsung challenges Johnny Cage, but Liu <laughs> Kang steps in and says, no, you'll challenge me. Like, it's just, like, it's it's all these convoluted rules. Well, that... it's again, like, he, Shang Tsung is trying to avoid Liu Kang because Liu Kang is a descendant of Kung Lao, and Kung Lao is, like, the last person to defeat Outworld at Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Exactly. And, it, and it's his destiny to yeah. save Earth. Okay. So he knows it's going to happen. Yeah. So we, we get another techno fight, and this time it's between Liu Kang and Shang Tsung. Uh, it seems unfair that he's allowed to summon the souls of the fallen warriors. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was bad enough that Kano brought a knife into the... But this guy, I mean, he's just been given eight backup guys. Yeah. You know, um, but Liu Kang dispatches them easily because I guess souls of fallen warriors are <laughs> shitty at fighting. Um, and then Shang Tsung uh, ends up doing his extra dirty manipulation trick where he morphs into Liu Kang's brother, Chan. But Liu Kang isn't too blinded by this and ends up power punching him off the balcony <laughs> onto the spikes. Uh, it, it would appear Shang Tsung doesn't bleed. He's he's got he's made all of souls. Yeah. He's so okay. So Shang Tsung doesn't bleed. Like well, he it, bleeds in the game. Well, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. he's now impaled on like five different spikes, and there's like no blood whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that is such uh, yeah, that is such fan service. Though I mean, that's the yeah. pit fatality from all the games. It's like and one of the fa- my favorite parts of Mortal Kombat is uppercutting people <laughs> into the pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so we get Liu Kang saying flawless victory this time. Oh yeah, brought it back. Thanks, Nobody seems to understand what flawless yeah, victory exactly. means. <laughs> I was like, you got hit so many times. It's not like if you just get tapped, it still counts. So it's the definition of flawless to all these people. I'm not dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> flawless, flawless is like seventy yeah, percent. Exactly. <laughs> um. So all all the souls uh, that Shang Tsung has ever sucked out of people are now set free, and we get to say goodbye to Chan. And then we're at the very end, and Raiden has, you know, they've met back up with Raiden. Everybody is celebrating that Earth is still okay for now. Raiden is just all buddy buddies with everybody, and I had no doubt that you guys had it in you. 
And then we get the Emperor shows up at the very end to set up a sequel. Uh, the, the Emperor is really cheesy CGI, too. But also voiced by Frank Welker. Yeah. So, yeah, Frank Welker has two voice credits in this movie. Yet another reason why you have to watch Annihilation, because I love sequels that are just, like, direct. Like, oh, does it pick up immediately? exactly exact, where, yeah. but the thing is, they swapped out actors. They've, reca- they've recast it. Yeah, because Sonya's different, right? Yeah, they yeah, recasted okay. half the cast. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're wearing different costumes yeah, for some yeah. reason. They, well, didn't, yeah, they didn't like, go back and look for, like, references. Yeah, because I, I mentioned that, you know, people like Reptile are in the second one. So is he playing Reptile, or is he just, well, does he decide to put on a different I mask? I don't think Reptile is in Annihilation, but they have Rain and... Or Mac, which are so they just took him and put him in a different mask. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they're different colors. Each yeah, they're yeah. Okay, and then we cue more techno, and we are at the end of Mortal Kombat. What a journey that that is Mortal Kombat. Uh, Now, Colin, David, on IMDb, it scored a five point eight out of ten. That's 98,449 reviews. Gave it five point eight. The meta score, the critic score, is fifty eight. Wow, that's so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it has 47% on the tomato meter, so the critics on Rotten Tomatoes didn't like it as much. But the audience rating of 57%, like, everything is just floating around 57, 58%. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what these people have rated it at. Uh, Colin, uh, what, before we get to what we think about it, what what do other people have to say about it? All right, let's go to Critics Corner. So Critics Corner is where we kind of take a look at what some of the, the critics of the time had to say about the movie when it came out. So the first one I have is from John Ferguson, who says, Unlike other games, inspi- other games inspired turkeys... In brackets, he has Super Mario Bros. Street oh, Fighter. <laughs> this one actually works. Super Thanks Mario mainly Bros. to director Paul Anderson's single-minded dedication to non-stop, expertly choreographed martial arts action, all set to a thumping techno beat. David Hogan says, Bad actors in lead roles, sometimes poor fight choreography and extremely dated special effects. MK isn't a good film, but it does make for a good laugh with friends. I wonder how many of those, though, when it com- talks about the fight choreography, I wonder how many of those are talking about Sonya. Oh. <laughs> then, like, expertly crafted fight choreography? Like, we decide that Sonya's is, like, messy at best. Well, <laughs> this last one was, was one of my favorites from a, a user named Eric D. Snyder. He said, If the movie Mortal Kombat were a character in a Mortal Kombat video game, its special maneuver would be to climb on its opponent's shoulders and defecate on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one more from Widget Walls. It says, cheesy with no nutrients, but hey, anything's better than Street Fighter. <laughs> True words. <laughs> right on. Okay, so... That's what uh, critics have had to say about. We, we've got, yeah, 5.8 is kind of... Kind of where everyone is sitting. What? Uh, how is it for you guys? Like, like seriously. Like, I, I know, I know you guys are. You know, you guys have such a love Pretty for biased. this. Yeah, yeah, you guys. There's no. I, I now would, you know how I feel every week, yeah. right? There's definitely the nostalgia factor. The fact that I love the game. I would give it an eight point five. Yeah. Eight point five. Okay, yeah. so you're gonna flip those numbers around, yeah. Colin. Where? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Even, I watched this movie twice, and I loved it both times, and I don't know, like, for the love that I have for the franchise, and the fact that these movies still entertain me, even Annihilation, even though some people think it's crap, but I still think it's good, <laughs> I would give Mortal Kombat minimum an 80%. Minimum 80%, wow, okay. Well, I have to... I have to be a little realistic. <laughs> I, I have to be the party pooper here. Um... I had fun. I, I will admit that I had fun. Um, the storyline is not a very good storyline, but the the fight scenes were fun, and Johnny Cage did have some really good lines. Uh, ugh. I, I, I don't know what 16-year-old me would have been thinking if he said he loved this movie. I don't think I loved it. I liked it. 
I, you guys are up around 80. I, I have to float around the 50% mark. I, yeah, I, I got, I got to go down where, where everyone else is with the, the 5.8. I can get behind a 5.8 rating Round for this movie. Round it up to 60. Round it up to 60. I'll, I'll give it 60 at most, but, cause I did have fun. Yeah. I will admit that I had fun as, as terrible as some of the plot points were. And I just, uh, I guess there's a part of me, like with my 2020 brain, that is furious about what they did with Sonya. Yeah, you know, with, like with so much of so many of the characters, as far as representation goes. I mean, people of color were relegated to like corpses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, exactly. And the movie itself is pretty groundbreaking in in all those respects because there are a, there is a lot more representation in the game than there was in the movie. Like, yeah, absolutely. They, they whitewashed the movie, and so. Like you said, you know, is the 2021 Mortal Kombat going to be... It's Justin Lim doing that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. Aquaman? Fast, fast yeah, and Fast and Furious guy. guy? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so... so he, he does some the cast. I don't know. Who's it's casting. yeah. It's it's very multicultural. Um, yeah. Super diverse and um, c- probably more true to the uh, original concepts. So. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Well, that's Mortal Kombat. And that's our show for this week. Wait, we need to. Oh, what, what was whoa. David's theory? Oh yeah, sorry. Oh yeah. It's oh great. no, 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 no. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty well. You guys pretty well wrapped it up. I think from the very beginning he needed somebody weak in order to get to that final okay. combat. But I just don't know why he didn't pick just a random person off the street. Yeah. Like why could why did he even go for special forces? <laughs> uh, but I just want to tell one quick quick story. Oh this, yeah, sure. This movie. Um, I was just so in love with this movie as a nine year old. I started a Mortal Kombat club in my school <laughs> where I got my friends to fight each other for the rights to play on the soccer field at the next recess. Nice. And this went on for months. I remember <laughs> it's funny. So I remember watching this movie and trying, like, I love, I love the ninjas. I love Scorpion, Sub-Zero, all those guys. So I would take like sheets. We had blue and yellow sheets and I would try to figure out how I could like wrap it around my Amazing. body. And I'd have like, I was going to bring one and wear it, but now that we all have to wear masks, like make a makeshift. <laughs> it's, it's not as much but, fun when it's a daily yeah. occurrence. Uh, it's, it's not quarantine. As, it won't be as much fun for everybody out there because they can't see it. They can only hear it, but. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic world where looking like Scorpion every day is just, uh, normal. just normal. I remember wanting to play Mortal Kombat, but it's not really something your parents are going to let you like play with your friends <laughs> in real life. <laughs> right on. Oh, and uh, David, if if someone wants to challenge you at Mortal Kombat, yeah, well, send me. Um, I I play it on PlayStation. Xbox, PC, and Switch, oh, wow. and all of my uh, gamer tags right now are J B Fletcher. So J A Y B Fletcher. Okay, tell tell everyone why J B Fletcher. Uh, so I love this. Story. I, I'm a huge fan of Murder She Wrote. Um, Jessica Fletcher is one of my heroes, um, and every time um, somebody trolls me and I I beat them, I send them a message that says, "And that's all she wrote." <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Well, that's Mortal Kombat, and that's our show for this week. If you like that show, one thing you can do to really help us out on the business end is go to Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever app you listen to your podcasts on and give us five stars. doesn't really matter what you say. You, you could put finish him or fatality in there. I don't care. But it's those five stars that drive us up the charts and help us get noticed. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us by email at I used to like this one, all one word at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. We have a Facebook Facebook group. Just search I used to like this one on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat now too, apparently. Any of the other ones I'm missing? What's our LinkedIn? Do we have a LinkedIn? No. <laughs> no. We have a TikTok. We'll be developing content for our TikTok. Maybe we can get David to send us some sweet we're, we're, sweet finishers. We're, 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 working on, we're working on a website. Oh, yeah. I used to like this one.com. Right now it's just a placeholder website, but you can go there if you want. There we go. So yeah, social media, our website's the, the place to go if you want to find out which movies we're watching so you can watch them before you listen to the podcast. A big thank you to our special guest, David Sun. Thank you for joining Thanks us today pleasure. on Mortal Kombat. I Used to Like This One is created by, hosted by, and produced by Sean Wells and Colin Stewart. It is edited by Sean Wells. Music by Lyndon Carter. Look for his band Carter in the Capitals anywhere you listen to music. Thanks for listening. 
and join us next week when we take a look at another movie on I Used to Like This One. That was so much fun.